Alhamdulillah, وما نهاكم عنه فانتهوا صدق الله العظيم سبحانك لا علم لنا إلا ما علمتنا إنك أنت العليم الحكيم رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي درش الله respected brothers respected elders mothers and sisters listening at home Bifazlillah, we have started into the beautiful biography of Sayyidina Uthman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala anh, the third successor and khalifa to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. We have covered his birth, family and also the marital status of Sayyidina Uthman bin Affan and Alhamdulillah we also touched on one very important feature of Sayyidina Uthman bin Affan which was his deep love and passion for the Quran the Kalam of Allah subhanahu wa (coughs) ta'ala one amongst the companions who was famously known for completing one entire Quran in one unit of the prayer in one rak'at subhanallah a great man Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had blessed him with a lot of knowledge of the Quran not only was he a great qari of the Quran but also the great mufassir of the Quran and in fact it is this very important feature of the Quran that has somewhat digressed us to a complete new subject uh, talking on the subject of Quran but alhamdulillah I feel that both of the topics are connected to one another when we speak of Hazrat Uthman bin Affan the Quran is inseparable to him and alhamdulillah we have a few more session sessions if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wills to complete of some of the important laws and issues related to the kalam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala respected brothers Sayyidina Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha who is the mother of the believers some of the companions put in front of her a very important question and they asked her they said that 
you were one who was very close to Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Can you explain to us the khuluq of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the character of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam? And the answer she gave reflects to the intelligence and the wisdom that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had blessed her with. A complete answer. No one can answer better than the answer given by Amma Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha. And she said to the companions, Kana khulukuhu al-Qur'an. Kana khulukuhu al-Qur'an. The Qur'an is the unfolding reflection or the unfolded reflection of the seerah of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa the Qur'an has been preserved in the system of words. We recite the Qur'an. And if you want to understand the practical side of the Qur'an, look at the biography, the seerah of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. The sleeping, the standing, the walking, the talking, the speech of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, his salah, his khutbah, his buying and selling, the manner he would perform nikah of people, how he would speak to people and everything about Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam is the tafsir of the Quran so if you want to know the akhlaq the khuluq of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam all you need to do is recite the Quran the kalam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now making sure that this very important description given to us by Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha keeping that in mind we need to understand that like how the Qur'an has been revealed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, like how the Qur'an has been revealed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, even the meaning and the tafsir has been revealed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is not an open debate. It is not open to individuals and to human beings to translate the Qur'an and to form their own opinion about the verses that they read or recite. Everything is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Never mind the tafsir, the meaning, the explanation, the commentary of the Qur'an. Even the qiraat, how to recite the Qur'an, must be in accordance to the sharia, how Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has shown us. One can't just treat the Qur'an like a textbook. And read the Quran. That's not how you read the Quran. Allahu Akbar. There is an art of reading the Quran. Even reciting the Quran. The makharij, the science of tajweed has to be learned first. At least how to pronounce the Quran before one qualifies to that stage of reading the Qur'an whereby Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would accept his recitation. And if this is the case in tajweed and the recitation of the Qur'an, imagine the tafsir of the Qur'an. Allahu Akbar. And that is why Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam has given a stern warning to some of the people who are very carefree when it comes to the verses of the Qur'an. They don't have no understanding of the Arabic language. Nothing of the sort. But yet, you'll find many people saying, Oh, but you know, this is in the Quran. 
Oh, you know this is in Surah Ar-Rahman. Oh, you know this is in Surah Yasin. Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has said, Man kathaba alayya muta'ammidan falyatabawwa maq'adahu minan nar. The one who ascribes a lie to me, then he can prepare for himself his final abode in Jahannam. And in another hadith, Allah's Nabi has mentioned, وَمَنْ قَالَ فِي الْقُرْآنِ بِرَأْيِهِ فَلْيَتَبَوَّأْ مَقْعَدَهُ مِنَ النَّارِ Anyone who speaks about the kalam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in accordance to his own opinion, then also that person can find himself in the fire of Jahannam. For him it is Jahannam. So we have to be very very careful my respected brothers, Allahu Akbar. This is the kalam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is wahi. And when we read the Quran, we must read it properly. When we speak of the verses of the Quran, we must speak properly. Now when we look at the era of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the Arabs, Allahu Akbar, these were people who knew the Arabic language. And they took pride in speaking the Arabic language. And alhamdulillah the Quran was revealed to Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in pure simple Arabic. And so the Arabs in the time of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam could understand the wahi revealed upon Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. At the same time, I also need to make sure and mention to you that the Arabs were simple people. Very simple people. Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has said, Nahnu qawmun ummiyoon. Nahnu qawmun ummiyoon. We are simple people. People who are unlettered. People who are unlettered. So the culture of the Arabs at that time was such that nothing was recorded on paper. Nothing. They, it was not in their system to write. Everything was memorized. Everything was memorized. That is why Allahu Akbar, when it came to intelligence and memorizing things and names, they were right at the top. They were masters. They would memorize immediately the names of their forefathers, even the names of their animals and the lineage of, their, of the animals, the camels and the goats. Allahu Akbar. That is how the Arabs were. So they were simple people. And that is why they had an advantage over other people, other nations and communities. We find other nations, they had their philosophy, poetry, everything. But the fact was the Arabs knew that they were totally dependent on noting everything down and recording it. And so the Arabs would call themselves by this word, Arab. What Arab. What does Arab mean? Some of you might want to learn Arabic. What does the word Arab mean? Do you know what the word Arab means? Anyone here? What does Arab mean? Or Arab? Arab means those who can express themselves eloquently. Arab means those who can express themselves eloquently. Even when it comes to speaking Arabic, uh, the makharij, point, dal, ta, comes out from the tip of your tongue, touching 
the sanaya ulya this part so when you say ta and when you say da and the an ha ha coming out from the throat and then the throat is divided the upper section the lower section the middle section and then all of the arabic words have been divided into uh, the, the 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 manner of pronouncing it with a full mouth or an empty mouth allahu akbar so these were professional people very proficient and people who took great pride in their mother tongue which was arabic so they said we are arabs we can express ourselves eloquently and those who can't speak arabic are ajam what are they known as ajam and ajam are who dumb people <laughs> so they were saying that the rest of the world the romans and the persians all of them were who dumb people they can't be compared to us everything is recorded and taped in the mind that is how sharp and powerful we are the rest of the world is dumb allah <coughs> And so they would express themselves eloquently. Everything, whatever they would need to utter and speak. Even each of the fingers were given a name. Each of the fingers are given a name. Subhanallah al-Azim. The different part of the hair. Again, how you divide your hair. How you part your hair. There is a name for it in the Arabic language. Everything has a name. That is the beauty of the Arabic language. Subhanallah al-Azim. Now, despite this great vast knowledge of the Arabic language that was given to the companions, ulama have mentioned even then they would make sure that every verse they would hear from Rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam, they would repeat it to all of the other companions, making sure that the meaning, the translation. The explanation, the commentary of the verse is in accordance to what has been said by Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. I'll give you one example. Hazrat Imam Malik rahmatullah alayhi has said that Ibn Umar radiallahu ta'ala an, it took him eight years to, to learn Surah Al-Baqarah. How many years? It took him eight years to learn Surah Al-Baqarah. And the manner of how they would learn the companions, they would take one ayah. So for an example, ذَلِكَ الْكِتَابُ لَا رَيْبَ فِي The companion would, would learn the recitation, the art of tajweed, the science of tajweed, the makharij, the tafsir, and everything that is related to this one verse. Everything. And once the entire, every, every, uh, detailed knowledge of this one verse has been uh, given to them by Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam only then they would move to the, to the next verse and Ibn Umar radiallahu ta'ala an, it took him how many years? 8 years so we have to be very very careful my respected brothers unfortunately today we have the internet we have many many translations we have different books in different languages and things have been made very very easy Alhamdulillah But we have to be very very careful Not to take things lightly One incident that had occurred uh, To one of the companions Whose name was Adi Hazrat Adi ibn Hatim When the verse of Surah Al-Baqarah Was revealed to Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam فَكُلُوا وَاشْرَبُوا حَتَّى يَتَبَيَّنَ لَكُمُ الْخَيْتُ الْأَبْيَضُ مِنَ الْخَيْتِ الْأَسْوَدِ مِنَ الْفَجْرِ 
ثم اتم الصيام الى الليل ولا تباشرهن وانتم عاكفون when this ayat karima was revealed which speaks uh, on the subject of fasting allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said fakulu washrabu eat and drink hatta yatabayyana lakum alkhayt alabyadu min alkhayt alaswad until you can distinguish the white thread from the black thread until you can distinguish clearly the white thread from the black thread and then you stop eating thumma timmu siyama ila al-layl wa la tubashiruhun now this sahabi when he heard of this ayat karima what he did he went home and he took a black thread and a white thread now remember these were companions masters who knew the arabic language any man can make a mistake you have to be very very careful and he took a white thread and a black thread taking the literal meaning of the verse and he put it under the pillow and put his head and he started to sleep he woke up in the night looking at the pillow i can eat black and white i can't differentiate let me eat let me eat let me eat he started eating mashallah and until it was nearly zawal and zuhr time it was the intense heat and the sun above the head when he lifted up the pillow and he said right now i can differentiate and distinguish the white thread from the black thread so i'll stop eating now when some of the companions heard about this they took him to rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam and allah's nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam said to them right adi tell me what do you understand of this verse faqul washrabu hatta yatabayyan he said ya rasul allah this is what i do in the night play around with the black and the white thread <laughs> and allah's nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam started laughing and he says adi your pillow must be very big your pillow must be very big you have this option of mashallah you know eat and the rest of the ummah is fasting and he said no this is not the meaning of white thread and black thread he said the black thread in the quran speaks of the darkness of the nights and the white thread speaks of subah sadiq the white thread is subah sadiq only then this sahabi understood the tafsir the meaning of this ayat karima for an example another incident that had occurred one ayat karima revealed to rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam allah's nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam read this ayat karima to the companions and he said alladhina amanu wa lam yalbisu imanahum bi zulmin ulaika lahumul amnu wa hum muhtadun the translation of this ayat karima is as for those who have iman and have not polluted their iman with injustice and have not polluted their iman with injustice for them allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will guarantee for them safety and guidance in the hereafter for them there is safety and guidance in the hereafter Now when this ayat karima was revealed some of the sahabai kiram ajma'in were very sad and saddened and they said Allahu akbar who amongst us who has the capacity that you have iman and you have not committed anything that is wrong or something that can be classified as being uh, of unjust nature every one of us here has done something wrong Would that mean that on the day of qiyamah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not forgive us? Allah will not 
grant us safety and security from Jahannam. And this was an issue for the companions. When this news was given to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam came to the companions and explained to them the meaning, the tafsir of this ayat karima And he said to them that the meaning of this ayat karima is the word zulm in the Quran is not the zulm of Urdu. And I am saying that. The word of zulm is not the zulm of Urdu. And in fact it is not even the, the zulm in Arabic which people would understand. But a complete different meaning. And the tafsir of zulm is shirk billah. Shirk billah. What is the tafsir of zulm? Shirk billah. As for those who have iman and have not polluted the iman with zulm, as in they have not polluted the iman with shirk, they have not associated partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala whilst in that state of being Muslims. That is the meaning of the ayat karima that you are a Muslim and if you do shirk, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not save you. But if you are a Muslim, mashallah, and if you save yourself from shirk, subhanallah, for you there is safety in this world and also in the hereafter. And again, we have to be very, very careful, my respected brothers, especially the Muslims that come from the subcontinent. Sometimes a lot of the things that we do could be uh, unaccepted in Islam and it, it could be a bid'ah. And therefore we have to make sure everything what we do is endorsed by the sunnah of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. It has been recorded in the hadith of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam or it was the common practice of the companions. So for an example, one cannot say that reading 20 rakats taraweeh is a bid'ah. Why? That is the ijma' of all of the companions during the khilafat of Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala an. So something that was said or practiced by Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam or something that was the common practice of all of the sahabai kiram ajma'een. Another example that comes to mind is a verse that was revealed to Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned مَنْ كَانَ فِي هَذِهِ أَعْمَى فَهُوَ فِي الْآخِرَةِ أَعْمَى وَأَضَلُّ سَبِيلًا For those who are blind in this dunya will be blind in the hereafter. For those who are blind in this dunya will be blind in the hereafter. In the Quran. And will be the furthest away from the right path, from the straight path. Now, the Mu'azzin of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, whose name was Abdullah ibn Umm Maktoum, radiyallahu ta'ala, and he was the blind sahabi of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. When he heard of this ayat karima that if you are blind in this world, you are going to be blind in the hereafter also. He came crying to Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Like that person, once I did a bayan, that mashallah brothers, let me give you good news, that when you go to Jannah, mashallah, you will enjoy your wife of this dunya also in Jannah. And after a few days, he came all depressed to me, and he said to me, Mawana sahab, I wish I did not sit in your bayan. I said, why? I wish I did not sit in your bayan. What is the problem? He said, Maulana Sab, I have to take all the rubbish from her in this dunya 
And now I have to take everything from her also in Jannah. Allahu Akbar. But what we fail to understand is that Allahu Akbar, Jannah is a different world. Inshallah. She, she will not be that what you see and picture of her in this dunya. Allah. <laughs> she will be totally obedient to you. Sit, sit, stand, stand. What do you say, Dr. Manya? Oh, so, no, she will not be the supervisor. She can be the supervisor here in this dunya, but not in the hereafter. She will be obedient to you. Fasalihat, qanitat, hafizat, ilghaybi bima hafizallah. And so Abdullah ibn Maktoum came crying and, Ya Rasulullah, I am blind in this dunya and now I have to be blind in the hereafter. Allahu Akbar. And Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam looked at Abdullah ibn Maktoum. Let him cry for a bit. You know, crying can do you, do you good also. It's something good. There's nothing wrong in crying. And in fact, when you cry, quickly lift up your hands and make dua. Allah will accept your dua. So he started crying and then Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam said to Abdullah ibn Umm Maktoum, come here, let me explain to you. The blindness that the Quran speaks of is not the blindness of the eyes, but the blindness of the heart. Subhanallah. It is not the blindness of the eyes, but the blindness of the heart. So you will find many people in this world who can see, but their hearts are blind. And there are many examples in front of you. Kuffar. Explain to them something that is natural and Islam invites humanity to something that is natural, but they turn away. They can see everything, but the heart is blind. And so the Quran speaks of that heart. Allah says, those who are blind in this dunya will be blind in the hereafter, as in those who are blind in the heart in this dunya will also suffer in the hereafter. So we have to be very, very careful, my respected brothers. At times, even the companions whose mother tongue was Arabic, they would need to resort to the company of senior companions and would go to Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam so that Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam would explain to them the tafsir, the explanation, the meaning of every verse revealed to him. We have to be very, very careful, my respected brothers. The Quran is not an ordinary textbook. You cannot form your own opinion and your own understanding of the of the verse that you read. You'll find a lot of the ladies, a lot of the ladies. You have to be very careful. And they say, oh. Where does it say about hijab in the Quran? Where does it say about hijab in the Quran? Where does it say that? Where is it in the Quran? I've read the Quran. I've done the translation of the Quran. Where is it in the Quran? Remember my respected brothers, the tafsir of the Quran is uh, knowledge, a treasure of knowledge given to Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam through the process of wahi and then in succession that wahi from rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam was given to the companions and then from the companions they carried the meaning the tafsir and everything of the quran and and it was taken by the tabi'in and then the tabi'in and then the fuqaha the muhaddisin and until now in the year 2008 alhamdulillah we have the, the sulaha and the ulama of this ummah who explain to you the meaning and the verse of every ayat-i kareemah. 
we have to be very very careful Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam has given us a, a, a prophecy in fact some of the words of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam even speak of a community that will come close to the day of qiyamah Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam has mentioned in a hadith of one particular group who are known uh, to be the khariji of this ummah the kharijis of this ummah and these were people who disassociated themselves from the mainstream ahl sunnah wal jamaats from following the companions uh, of rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam and in fact these were the people who gave a difficult time to hadrat ali radiyallahu ta'ala an rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam said that one would be amazed if you were to see them these were people who whose mother tongue was arabic and they would speak arabic they would recite the quran and it would amaze you when you see their intensity in worshiping allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it would amaze you but yet rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam says that they have missed islam like how an arrow would miss the targets they have missed islam like how an arrow would miss the targets Allahu Akbar. And then in the hadith Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said in my ummah a group of people will come and they will be young at age they will be young at age but very childish in their intelligence very childish in in their intelligence young at age and they will speak about the Quran and they will say to you al-hukmu lillah in al-hukmu lillah that judgment is only from the Quran, only what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says. And they will speak in such a manner that even the, the wider Muslim community would want to respect them. And Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has said, be careful of these people, that they will miss Islam like how an arrow misses the targets. Today you will find a lot of youth in the universities, a lot of youth everywhere. And aliyazu billah, even in the media, when you see, you will find some of the individuals speaking and flaring up a fitna for the Muslims to live in this country. And when they speak to you, they will speak to you in Arabic, كيف حال, كيف أنت, كيف حال, oh, أخي, Allah speaks of the Quran here, this, that, this, that, ya Allah. And who have no understanding. These people have totally broken away from the mainstream ulama. It's like one lady who rang me and she said to me, Moli Saab, you know, uh, my husband has a difficulty in performing Salatul Isha with, uh, with the times uh, of uh, Jama'at in the Masajid of Leicester. And, and this chap also lives in Leicester. And again this man was influenced by another man who goes to another masjid. And it's, it's a small ibadat khana. And they have issued a fatwa that all of the masajid who are reading Isha Salah at 10.40 or 10.45 or 10.30, their namaz is not accepted. Their namaz is not accepted. Your namaz is only accepted now in July if you read at 11.30. And this is in Leicester. Now which purpose-built masjid 
if, can, if anybody here can inform me that there is a jamaat in a, a masjid uh, in which a jamaat, the jamaat of Isha takes place at 11.30. Any masjid now? 11.30? 11 latest. But 11.30 to Allah. And so she said to me, Maulana, I just wanted clarity that my husband is old and he wants to read Salah at home at 10.30. Would that be okay? Will Allah accept his Salah? Yeah. I said, from where do you get your fatwas? Only Allah knows. And so we have to be very, very careful, my respected brothers. And taqlid, taqlid, following one fiqh and following one imam is a great blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A great blessing that has bonded and tied the ummah together. And this is what the enemies of Islam wish to do. To open up the, the seat belts and to make every individual in that category of Imam Bukhari, don't worry my friend, don't worry, do whatever you want. And when I was in Portugal, a friend of mine whose name is Mufti Akhtar, he said he went to Morocco uh, for a holiday. From Portugal, Morocco is not very far. And he said, Morana, I was shocked to see that in Morocco, people are not even doing wuzu in the masjid where I went. Not even performing wuzu. How much will you modernize Islam? And how much will you want to uh, change and transform the masail of Islam to... To suit your desire. And so I said to them, if they don't do wuzu, what do they do? And he said, well, the government have issued a fatwa in one part of the region. What they do is, uh, at the entrance of the masjid, there is a stone. There is a stone. And quickly people would come and just do tayammum on the stone. And just do tayammum, and that is it. Do tayammum and perform this salah. La hawla wa la quwwata illa billahi al-aliyya lazim my respected brothers. And so fiqh, following one fiqh, is a great blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now finally, let me conclude my respected brothers. When we read the Qur'an, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala invites the believers to ponder over the verses of the Qur'an. Allah says, أَفَلَا يَتَدَبَّرُونَ الْقُرْآنَ Do you not... Ponder over the verses of the Quran or your hearts have been sealed and locked up. Allah says, وَلَقَدْ يَسَّرْنَا الْقُرْآنَ لِلذِّكْرِ فَهَلْ مِنْ مُدَّكِرٍ Allah has made the Quran very easy for you. But are there any amongst you who wish to understand the Quran and to recite the Quran? Now the question is, are these verses of the Quran inviting individuals from the ummah of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam to become uh, independent mufassirs people who know the tafsir and just read the Quran because the Quran is saying ponder over the verses and now alhamdulillah I've got a translation I'm pondering over the verses of the Quran has the Quran opened up the doors for every individual to understand and to form his own opinion over the verses of the Quran no Ibn Abbas radiallahu ta'ala an has mentioned that the verses of the Quran have been divided into four categories. Please remember this. It will save you. It will protect you. Allahu Akbar. And it will, it will be a means of guidance for you in this world and in the hereafter. 
all of the verses of the, of the Quran have been divided into how many categories? Four. Four categories. The first category are those verses of the Quran which are straightforward, very simple to understand. Any man can understand. For an example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, كُلُّ نَفْسٍ ذَائِكَةُ الْمَوْتِ If you read the translation, Allah says that every soul will taste death. Every nafs will taste death. Everybody knows you have to die. For an example, Allah says, ذَلِكَ الْكِتَابِ لَا رَيْبَ فِي In this Quran there is no doubt. We know that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that I am the creator of the heavens and the earth. In the fi khalqis samawati wal ard. Allah has created the moon, Allah has created the sun, Allah has created the oceans, Allah has created everything. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned if you do good in this dunya, Allah will bless you in this dunya and also in the hereafter. If you've done something wrong, you will be punished in this world and also in the hereafter. You don't have to be a mufassir to understand the verses. So a lot of the verses of the Quran have a very clear message. If you read some of the stories of the prophets also mentioned in the Quran, are very very simple. So you have uh, some verses of the Quran which have a very straightforward message. There is no difficulty in understanding the verses of the Quran. And then we come to the second category. The second category of verses can only be understood by that person whose mother tongue is Arabic. Whose mother tongue is Arabic. And some of the words are simple for them. So for an example, ma'un. Ma'un in Arabic means water. So the, for the people who speak Arabic, they know that ma'un would mean water. Not the ma for mother in Urdu, but ma would mean also water. So if they know the Arabic language, and that the, the Arabic language is their mother tongue, they would understand it. The third category are those verses of the, uh, of the Quran, which are in, inaccessible to the, the general ummah of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam and can only be understood by going to an alim and can only be understood by going to an alim so a, a, a simple man will not understand the meaning of this ayat karima he will have to refer to an alim and that alim will give him an explanation that is the third category and then the fourth category is that no one knows the meaning of some of the verses of the Quran and these verses are known in the Islamic terminology as uh, the mutashabihat verses and the knowledge of the mutashabihat verses is only with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so for example if someone was to ask you what is the meaning of hamim or what is the meaning of kaf ha ya ain sad or what does Hamim, Ain, Sin, Qaf mean? Now you will find that Mufassireen generally would say Allahu A'lamu bi muradihi That only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows the meaning of certain words of the Quran, certain verses of the Quran. And this again is to uh, let humanity know that your, your knowledge is deficient. Your knowledge is deficient. Only that much of knowledge a person can understand which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows. So there are verses of the Quran that only Allah knows the meaning of. So you have the first category, the second category, the third category and the fourth category. Now the verses which speak and invite the Muslims to ponder over the verses of the Quran are from the first category. Are from the 
first category. The category which has a very basic and simple message. Not to go into the second category, the third category or the fourth category. It is only to ponder over those verses which talk about the adab in the hereafter. Jannat or Jahannam, uh, Allahu Akbar, or that talk about medi- meditation that reflect upon uh, the, the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how Allah has created everything that you see. And only in those verses a person is allowed to speak and to say, by be careful, huh? If you don't do good, you will go to Jahannam. Because Allah has said this in the Quran. For him to say that is accepted. For him to say that is accepted. But for him to say this, that no, Imam Bukhari has said this, Imam Muslim has said that. But you know, Imam Tirmizi has said this, and Allahu Akbar, to go into Allahu Akbar, the second category, the third category, and the fourth category. The fourth category, nobody goes. But the second category and the third category is only for the learned scholars of this ummah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq that we honor and respect the Qur'an, the kalam of Allah and recite the Qur'an in the manner shown to us by Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa akhiru da'wana an alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen Allahumma salli ala sayyidina wa nabiyyina wa maulana muhammadin nabiyil umi wa ala alihi wa sallim taslima Allahumma taqabbal minna wa tuba alayna inna kanta tawabur raheem nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk sami'ina wa atwana gufranaka rabbana wa ilayka al-masir birahmatika ya arhamar rahimah